We're going to wait another minute for whoever is arriving uh, late. Always fun to see your faces and even your names. You know, it's better to see your faces, but I'm happy with names too. I get some idea of who you are from the name. And please mute yourself if you're just arriving and you're not muted. Or we'll mute you. We'll take control. <laughs> oh. So more formally, welcome everybody. Good evening. The, I'm Eugene Cash. I'm a teacher of San Francisco Insight. And uh, this is our Sunday evening meeting. We'll have a sit for about a half an hour and then a talk and then a discussion. Please allow yourself to uh, uh, take the seated posture so that you're sit sitting relatively upright and relaxed. And whether you're in a chair or a cushion or a bench, or even if you're lying down, you want your back to be relatively straight without being stiff. and being in balance between right and left, front and back. Please allow your eyes to shut and we'll establish an embodied awareness. And it's really helpful if you don't eat or drink during the meditation. And begin the meditation immediately. Become, become mindful immediately you're already aware and even you can begin by being aware of whatever you're aware of in this moment and you might be aware of your body or you might be aware of your breath or you might be aware of sounds 
or you might be aware of thoughts, or you might be aware of feelings, or you might be aware of some smell, or you might be aware that you're not sure what you're aware of, and you can be aware of that. The meditation will be very simple. What's here? What are you aware of in this moment? Dog kisses are totally allowed and you just want to feel the pleasant, unpleasant or neutralness of the dog kiss. And see, again, now, in this moment, what are you aware of? See what happens if you don't do anything about what you're aware of. Somebody has some dogs who have joined the meditation, so just let them do their thing. And be aware of whatever is happening in this moment for you when the dogs just be, be dogs, wagging, kissing, playing around, whatever they're doing. And for those of you who don't have any dogs sitting with you, be aware of what's here, even as you're hearing me talk about dogs. You may have thoughts, feelings, reactions, ideas, beliefs, memories, see what's here in this moment. And now in this moment, what's here? Many of us appreciate being mindful of the body and the breathing because it helps calm, collect the heart and mind. It centers us. It brings our experience, it unifies our experience. So please go ahead, be aware of whatever you is calling you, could be your body and breath and be aware of whatever's happening in the body and breath in just this moment. Not the last moment, not the next moment, but just this moment. And if you're aware of the body and the breathing, you might be aware also that in some moments you'd like it, or some moments you don't like it, or some moments you're neither liking nor not liking. 
And you can be aware in a moment if it's pleasant or unpleasant or neutral, the experience. You don't have to go past or further than or change anything. Just be here, be aware in this one simple short moment. And the same principles that we're applying right at, in, at the moment to the body and breath. We want to apply those same principles to whatever else you might be aware of. If you feel centered, collected, composed, and you open the space of awareness to be aware of whatever is predominant, then what's it like for a moment? What's predominant for a moment? Thoughts, memories, beliefs, projections, fantasies. For just a moment, we can be aware of whatever is here. And then the next moment, is it the same thought, different thought, more thoughts, less thoughts? And the same is true for emotions or feelings or moods. What's here in this moment? And being aware if we add anything on to what's here at the moment, our, our the Vedna, the liking or not liking, or the opinion about, or the belief about, or the projection about, or the association with what's happening in this moment. Keep it very simple, just one moment at a time. See, see what happens if you give yourself to the meditative practice, if you give yourself to being aware of this moment, and then the next moment, 
And now this moment, no rush, no hurry, nowhere to go, nowhere to get to, simply being aware moment by moment by moment. Letting reality reveal itself in all its simplicity, one moment at a time.
to end the sitting today will offer some loving kindness to a Sangha member who's dealing with health issues. John Elford, who's been a longtime member of San Francisco Insight, was diagnosed a couple of years ago with dementia, and he's been slowly declining. And now he's unable to manage uh, because of the dementia. And so we want to offer our good wishes, our kindness, our love. And in whatever way works for you, I'll say a few phrases, but just you can let the love, kindness, care, compassion just radiate from your heart as you sit here. Don't stop sitting. If you don't want to do the loving kindness, you don't have to stay aware of what's happening. But in this moment, we want to offer you, John, our good wishes. May you be safe. May you be protected in whatever way possible from the difficulties that are part of human life. May you be as happy as possible while you deal with this human difficulty, this human illness called dementia. May you be as healthy as possible aside from the dementia. May your body be as well as possible so that you can deal with it as best as possible. And may you find ease, calm, in the middle of the dukkha that is part of human life that you're experiencing. And even though you're suffering from something difficult, may you discover and not lose touch with the heart of what's here, the essence of what's here, the truth of what's here that's below the surface and is not just the ripples on the water of the lake, but the depth of goodness that you are. And we send you our love, care, and all good wishes. May you be free. Thank you so much, Eugene. Um, yeah, my name is Nina Gold, and I'm one of your board members. And I'm going to say some words about Donna. And just want to say that was really beautiful, Eugene. And actually, when I think of John, I think of his generous presence that I always felt in Sangha. His face was always uh, open. His eyes were always open. He always met me with a smile and. 
He just had a really generous uh, presence. Uh, and and it was suggested to me partly by Nina to say something about him, but I also want to acknowledge Lloyd, who I think yeah Lloyd is here, who has visited him, and so it's really how we found out about it. Okay, so this is the the moment in the evening where we say something about Donna. And I'm just curious if there's anyone in the room tonight who doesn't know what this word Donna means. Raise your hand if you Yeah, want. raise your hand, don't be shy. But I, I have a feeling everyone here knows what the word Donna means, this uh, Pali word that means generosity or giving. And I'm going to put the instructions in the chat in a moment about how you can offer um, financial Donna to SFI and if you ever wish to offer your generosity by volunteering, there's a, a link on the website. But I want to do something just a little different for those who might be willing to type into the chat to kind of bring forward the qualities of Donna, to just take a moment and reflect on um, a moment when you've been the recipient of Donna. Maybe an image comes to mind, or maybe a felt sense. And then if you would just answer the question, when I am the recipient of Donna, I feel. And if you're willing to type that word into the chat, that would be awesome. If not, you can just know when I'm the recipient of Donna, I feel. And then to take a moment to, I'll give you a moment to type into the chat. Connected to all beings and seen, blessed, grateful. You can look at the chat, cared for and loved. Grateful and belonging, special, tenderized. Okay, and then to take a moment, grateful and surprised. And to notice maybe an image comes to mind or maybe a felt sense, a moment where you have been the giver of generosity of Donna. And so to answer the question, when I'm the giver of generosity, I feel joy, rich, lucky, honored, soft, following my trust, helpful, connected, happy. Just letting these words you know, looking at the words or listening to the words. And then finally, to reflect on a moment where you've been the observer, you've observed someone offering generosity. Maybe you have an image or a felt sense. And when I observe someone offering generosity, I feel 
touched, moved, impressed, delighted in awe, delighted to see the circle, compassion inspired, see the beauty, faith in humanity, the world is a good place. Touched. When I'm the recipient of Donna, I feel supported, loved, grateful, and connected. When I'm the giver of generosity, I feel full gratitude, open-hearted, and part of, hopeful. So I, I may have missed some of the things that you all wrote in the chat. You can feel free to look at some point, but just to bring in the um, powerful quality qualities experiences of Donna, and that's why it was such a foundational practice that the Buddha gave us before any other practices was to cultivate this um, spirit and quality of generosity. So we thank you for your generosity. Okay, and there's one other, yeah, and thank you everybody for your generosity. It supports SFI and we appreciate it very much. Uh, it keeps it all going. Um, the one other announcement is that the, uh, the Monday uh, afternoon midday Dharma will not be happening uh, tomorrow because it's a holiday. And so that group does not meet on holidays. One other announcement I forgot is to check out um, the intro to mindfulness course, which will be starting September 15th to sign up. If you're interested or share it with friends, let folks know. And I assume you can find out about that at sfi.org. Correct. Okay, thank you. Oh, hi everybody. Good to see you, as I said earlier, and then there's a lot more that I can see now, um, meaning that I've come in. Um, I was uh, on retreat last week teaching at Spirit Rock, and the name of the retreat was uh, Loving Awareness, and it was my friend Mark Coleman was leading the retreat, and he named it, he asked me to join him, and uh, along with uh, Leslie Booker, and uh, we, had, we had a really good time also. Tina Clay was a movement person who was really great, and uh, so it was a good team, and it was a good retreat. And so Mark wanted to give a talk on awareness, and he wanted me, he asked me to give a talk about love. And so, you know, and I, I like talking about love, and love's a beautiful topic to talk about in Buddhism. And the morning of my talk, I sat down, I would go to the early morning sit, the six o'clock in the morning sit every morning, um, which is my favorite sit because there's no teaching. It's just silent and it's early and it's quiet. And it was a beautiful retreat because we had um, 87 or 88 people, 44 of whom had never been on a retreat before. And, and so it was a great, group of new people uh, really discovering the Dharma and, and in a very deep way. And, uh, and so it's really fun to practice with them as well as uh, 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 teach. 
And so I'm sitting at the early morning, sitting the 6.15, whatever it was, sitting, and, uh, and I've got to give the talk about love, and I have some ideas, and I'm sitting, and I just am loving sitting, and I realized I love the moment. And I, and I thought, oh, this is it. Not only this is it, this is it meaning this is the only moment there is, which is also true right now. This is the only moment there is. Uh, and, and the feeling that I get when, when I'm there and I'm appreciating the moment is I love it. I love being here. I love being here in this moment, just this moment. Every other moment is an idea, but this is it experientially. And so on retreat, I was pointing at it in the talk that this is it because 44 people had never sat like this before and they didn't know how they were going to make it through a retreat, you know, a number of days of retreat. And I, I kept encouraging them to know, oh, it's just one moment. It's just this moment. This is the only moment you have to be here. And then this moment, and then this moment. And it's really the feeling of, oh, this is it. There's something real about this moment. And it's about the isness of reality, the liveness of reality, the, the, uh, the living manifestation of what's true and giving ourselves to it and learning to love it because it's the only moment there is anyways. And I appreciated it. I was thinking about the talk and I remembered um, I, I married um, some friends of mine, a, a colleague, a teacher in the Diamond Approach, friend of mine and his wife, who's also a spiritual teacher in her own domain. And I, I, they asked me to do their wedding ceremony and I was beginning the ceremony and they stepped up. And so, and really the first thing I had to say was, oh, this is it. This is the moment now. This is the moment your life's gonna change forever for these two people who were, who were being betrothed to one another. They were giving themselves to one another in that moment. And the power of the moment, because it's all right here in this moment, reality is here. And so I'll ask you the same question I ask them. What happens if you give yourself to this truth that there is just this moment. And that means, of course, not being lost in your thoughts about the past or future or what's gonna come or what's happened, but what's here right now? What happens when you give yourself to this moment? And for me, and I assume for many of you, you love what's true, right? Because you're all here because of the Dharma. The Dharma means the truth, right? And so I'm assuming, it's my assumption that you have some heartfelt feeling about the Dharma, about what's true. So it's about loving what's here, the truth of what's here, and, and, and really appreciating this moment, the, the magic of life revealing itself now. 
and and this is true even when we don't like it <laughs> which is hard to figure out what do you mean I love it even when I don't like it and I mean yeah you love it even when you don't you love what's true because that's the only place to be anyways is here in this moment you know letting go of everything except being here now and and when I say love it the different variants of love include liking or caring for, or appreciating, or even wondering about, or being enthralled by, or magnetized by, or curious about, or touched by. These are different variants of love. What happens if you stay with what's here now with one of those variants, even just being curious about it, or appreciating that life is here in the moment? And somebody on the retreat, uh, Booker, Leslie Booker, was talking a, a lot about the power of mindfulness, which you all know is very powerful. It changes your life. And so I looked up the word power, powerful in Latin. It means to be able. So part of what we're doing, part of the power we're seeking is to be able to be here in this moment. That's what the Dharma is about, is being here in this moment with what is, with what's true, with our experience, with what's alive in this moment. Whether we like it or not, we still want to be here with it. And I believe I used this quote recently, but I'll use it again. It's from Jimi Hendrix, who was a great American musician. And he said, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. And it's many different people understand the power of love, including Albert Einstein, who, as many of you know, Albert Einstein revolutionized our understanding of space time, gravity of the universe. And he said, when scientists looked for a unified theory of the universe, they forgot the most powerful unseen force. When scientists looked for a unified theory of the universe, they forgot the most powerful unseen force. Love is light that enlightens those who give and receive it. Love is gravity because it makes some people feel attracted to others. Love is power because it multiplies the best we have and allows you, humanity not to be extinguished in its blind selfishness. Love unfolds and reveals, for love we live and die. Love is God and God is love. It's a pretty good dharma for a scientist, right? Albert Einstein. And there's something he understood about this is the only moment there is, that it's all right here. And what happens to us right now in the lived moment, what happens if you give yourself to that, that this is the only moment there is, that it's all right here. 
And what is here? And how do you feel about it? Do you like it? Do you, do you care about what's here? You don't have to like it, but just care about it. Even if you're suffering, the care or the kindness or the warmth or, or the, uh, um, the compassion that may arise, those are all subsets of love, of what it means to love the moment, even when it's difficult. You know, and even even just meditating, do, do you love, like meditating, like being a subset of love? Or do you love it? Do you love the practice? Has it changed you? Has it touched you? Has it moved you? Has it opened you? Has it uh, freed you? Has it given something to you? You know, what in your heart brought you to the Dharma or what brings you here tonight? Is it some kind of kindness or wisdom? or joy, or inspiration, or some sense of discovery. The heart loves to discover the truth. And it can be very silent, what we care about in the moment. When I was on the retreat, we were doing meetings with people in groups. And, um, and this one woman who I don't, I believe this was her first retreat, but she, wait, she waited till the end to, to go because I like to talk to everybody and see how they're doing. And she just said, I don't want to say anything. I don't even know if you can hear me. She said, I don't want to say anything, right? She said, I just love the silence. I've never felt this before. I love the silence. I don't want to talk is what she said which was so beautiful because you could just see the heartfulness of what was speaking, saying, I don't want to talk, and the loving of the moments of silence. And the, the colleague teacher, uh, Jishanti, he said, to be intimate is to feel the silence, the space that everything is happening in to be intimate, which is a quality of the heart of, of love. We love being intimate with people. To be intimate is to feel the silence, the space that everything is happening in. And it's here. The silence is right here. Even while I'm talking, we're all sitting in the silence, the openness, the emptiness, the silence, the beingness that's here. And this woman was so trusting her somatic, energetic, kinesthetic experience of being alive and aware, and that she had this uh, experiential immediacy of the goodness of the silence. And it was moving through, when she spoke, it was like the goodness, the heartfulness, the love was moving through her body and breath into her and out of her at the same time. And it's part of the paradox of the truth of the Dharma of this moment. Right? And I've used this quote many times, the whole Dharma is right here. It's right here in this moment, in every moment, the whole Dharma is right here. 
And the other quote I like that I associate with just this moment is, you are what you seek. That what your heart longs for is right here, actually. And so to start to relax and discover it right here. And somebody sent me a, a, a part of a sutta um, today. And I'm, I'm going to try and find it now that I'm going to try and read to you. Um, oh, I can't find it. I don't want this. Let's go here. Hmm. Somebody's unmuted themselves. Please mute yourself. Here. I uh, can't find it. Hmm. Uh, there it is. This is from the Anguttara Nikaya. The Anguttara Nikaya are the, what are called the numerical discount courses or the numbered discourses by the Buddha. And this is translated by Bhikkhu Bodhi. And in the name of this is Parichitaka. Parichitaka. And it starts and you hear the, these um, people in the deva realms, in the heavenly realms, looking down and talking about reality. And they say, bhikkhus, when the foliage of the Tavatimsa devas uh, paricharitaka coral tree has turned yellow, meaning when the leaves have turned, it's fall, the leaves have turned, uh, the... Tavatimsa devas are elated, thinking the foliage of the Patichataka, I can't say the word so well, Parichataka, Parichataka coral tree now have turned yellow. Now it won't be long before foliage will fall. And then they go on and on and they start talking about what happens with the foliage, you know, when the um, coral tree has changed. Right. And when when it keeps when when the leaves fall and then when the um, when the flowers start to bloom from the from the tree and from the there's different kinds of flowers and each time they're thrilled by it, they're elated by it in each moment, they're appreciating life happening on its own, whether it's the falling away of leaves or the blossoming of the buds. Right. When the devas uh, see the coral tree has its bud formation, they are elated with the bud formation in the moment. And then when the bud bursts, they are elated with the, you know, they're loving the aliveness of reality is being described in the sutta. Right. And then when it's fully blossomed, they're elated and they spend months at the foot of the tree, enjoying themselves, uh, endowed with the, the pleasures of the tree and the, the blossoms and et cetera, et cetera. And then they compare it to what does it mean to practice? That when one begins to practice, one lets go, one's foliage starts to let go. Our own leaves start to fall. And then, and then the next part starts to happen and we start to um, um, bud a little bit and then to blossom and then to flower. 
and that that's part of practice that they're appreciating and they're elating at um, they're elated at what's happening. And so I'm pointing at it because it's such a beautiful sutta about the, the love of the present moment and the unfoldment of the present moment and the goodness of it and the beauty. Even when the leaves are falling, something good is happening. And so for us, partly that means even when difficult things are happening, it's it has a potential to reveal something good underneath it that we may not yet be aware of. So we begin to trust the truth of impermanence with which the Buddha said, if you just get this one truth, if you get this one truth and you stay with it, you open to it, you'll awaken sooner or later. And the truth is the truth of impermanence. And so discovering the Dharma, the truth of reality of what's here is very simple. It's very moment by moment. The whole thing, we don't have to get the whole thing. We just have to get whatever arises now with no add-ons, with not making it good or bad or we want it or we don't want it, but just being aware of what's true and giving ourselves to the truth, loving the truth. And last week, Kitty Costello, who taught here, she said she used a quote and we talked about it. She sent it to me and I thought I would use it again. It's from Bhikkhu Analyo. And the, the quote goes, the habit of employing self-deception to maintain one's self-esteem has often become so ingrained that the first step to developing accurate self-awareness is honest acknowledgement of the existence of hidden emotions, motives, and tendencies in the heart and mind without immediately suppressing them, right? So it means being aware of the whole show, whatever's here, even the worst stuff, just being aware of it. We don't have to follow it. We don't have to believe it. We don't have to judge ourselves for it, but we want to be aware of it, right? Without immediately suppressing them, he says. And then he continues, maintaining not reactive awareness, maintaining not reactive awareness in this way counters the impulse either towards rejection or suppression contained in unwholesome states of mind and thereby deactivates their emotional attentional hold. And I'm gonna say it again, because it's a good line and important. Maintaining not reactive awareness, what I would call non-reactive awareness, in this way counters the impulse either towards reaction or suppression contained in unwholesome states of heart and mind and thereby deactivates, the word I like to use is decathects us from their emotional, attentional hull. So we decathect, we let go of that energetic pull to deny what's true. Because as I've said many times, the truth will set us free, even if it's a truth we don't want to see or feel or know. And as Spinoza, the, the Dutch philosopher said, he said, the more clearly you understand yourself and your emotions, 
the more you will become a lover of what is, the more clearly you understand yourself and your emotions, the more you will become a lover of what is. And what is, is just this moment, actually. Loving this is the love that fuels practice, right? And it means love, not like. And the word love is so charged, right? And I looked it up as I do, and I may have even told you what I've looked up before about love. It's a feeling of deep affection, like parents for babies or some people for their country, or a feeling of romantic or sexual uh, attachment to someone, or a deep interest or pleasure in something like loving music or loving basketball, or a deep affection for anyone. And it's very much like enjoyment, like liking or enjoying dancing or writing or singing or, or, or silence or quiet or simplicity or the goodness of our hearts or sangha or the goodness that we can be here together. The word love comes from, it's shared, same as uh, Sanskrit, same uh, original meaning in Latin and Sanskrit, it has to do with desire, right? Meaning it's, it's about things that are pleasing. When we open our hearts, it's the action of love. And it can happen at any moment. And it only happens in a moment that our hearts open. You know, I'm I'm um, home today, and uh, and I haven't had a bike ride in a while, so I took a little bike ride this morning, and it was so beautiful. The pleasure, the love of being on the earth, and riding, and seeing people, and feeling my heart open, and just seeing the images. And it, I've said this before. I ride through the park into the ocean and down to the ocean around the lake. I also rode into the Presidio because I got out early and had more time. I haven't ridden in the Presidio uh, for many years since the last time I had a, a bike accident in the Presidio. So I took a very careful ride in the Presidio and I just appreciated seeing the land, the earth that's here and the people who are enjoying it. I mean, the the, and, and it's all in a moment that any of this happens. It's just a lived moment. You know, even the earth, uh, you know, loving the, uh, the leaves and the trees and the weeds and the different colors and the shadows and, and all of the life here on my corner of the earth. And even, even riding through the park and stopping at times and, there were even the difficult feeling the compassion or the kindness or the care uh, for some of the people who are struggling because they don't have homes. Or there was something that really caught my attention. It was down, uh, um, down at the ocean and it was on the 
great highway, but you couldn't, no cars on the great highway today. So I could ride on the great highway. But before you get there, there's the road to get on the great highway. And, um, and somebody, young man, very fast car, I saw him pull out of the parking lot and, and do wheelie, do a spinning wheelie, right? Round it around loud. And, and having his, really what just came to my mind was getting his rocks off, but having his, his fun and me feeling both my reaction to it, because I didn't like the sound, but also feeling my, uh, some kind of care for the need to do that. Right. It wasn't just judgment. There was some kind like I got it. I got that. I know that kind of energy also. I've had that kind of energy myself. And and just the need to be seen or loud or known or something comes out of dukkha. Right. It comes out of some kind of hurt, which of course he would never say that, but I would say that. And so just seeing my own heart respond. Uh, in the moment, because it wasn't, I didn't, it wasn't like I really thought it was a boom, boom, boom. It all, all happened. Mm. Ergen Tulku, the great Tibetan teacher, said the supreme method to become quickly at home with our true nature is through love and compassion. Beginning to allow, receive, open to what's right here. opening to loving this moment of consciousness, of awareness. There's a poem I love from John O'Donoghue, who said, I would love to live like a river flows, carried by the surprise of its own unfolding. I would love to live like a river flows, carried by the surprise of its own unfolding. And it's really something for each of us to, to be able to appreciate each moment of our life and the river that we are, the river of consciousness and being surprised and, and opening to our, the unfoldment of reality in this form, in this way, in this body, whether it's Andrew or Amy or James or Anne or Lisa or Francisco, or Sarah, or Lloyd, or whoever it might be, or Clint. Right. The beauty of reality waking up to itself. And of course, Rumi said it this way, said, through love, all that is bitter will be sweet. Through love, all that is copper will be gold. Through love, all dregs will become wine. Through love, all pain will turn to medicine. It's really the paradox of Dharma practice. All pain will turn to medicine. Being with what's here opens up to the opens us to the truth, the depth, the essence of what's here, which is love itself. I think I'll end with a quote from Ram Das as I'm talking about being in this moment. And he, of course, wrote the original Be Here Now book. 
many, many years ago. He said, remember, we are all affecting the world every moment. We are all affecting the world every moment, whether we mean to or not. Our actions and states of heart and mind matter because we're so deeply interconnected with one another. Working on our own consciousness is the most important thing we're doing at any moment. And being love is the supreme act. So those are a few thoughts tonight. I'd love to hear your thoughts, any reactions, any questions, anything you want more clarification about, clarity about, anything you don't agree with what I said, please raise your hand. On my screen, there's the raise hand button at the bottom of the screen. And we'd love to hear from people who haven't raised their hands before or haven't spoken before. It's always great to have your voice in the room. And we even like you people who we've heard before too, so you could raise your hands also. Hamas, please unmute yourself. Eugene, you gotta come up to Sonoma County next Sangha to Maya because they have three or four cars. They get in a big intersection and they do these <laughs> wheelies around and around. And uh -huh. the cop, you got to be careful though, because the cops tow the cars away. Okay. So I'll make sure to do it. I'll bring my car and I'll do it when the cops aren't there. Okay. I That's see all. the talk spoke to your, your love of those kind of wheelies. <laughs> it did. <laughs> okay. Let's see if if this moment is anybody else. How about uh, Amy? Hi, Amy. Hi. Um, so it made me think about something. I was on Twitter earlier today because I like getting I like getting in the moment news, mm -hmm. and I stumbled across this tweet. Well, first of all, you know you see all of the the lawsuits and the war and the floods and you know all of these in the moment updates i'm, I'm not on twitter so <laughs> i don't see those so well you see a lot of everything <laughs> so as i was reading all of this you know heavy news i stumbled across another tweet that said and this is happening in this moment too and it was just this close-up of this crazy looking flower in full bloom. And mm. I, it just, I just- Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah. Of course, mm -hmm. of course. And I was so like, you know, it's, and, and when you said too, like, why are you here? When you asked earlier, there is nothing like being reminded of reality. You know, and then also that saying about gratitude bringing, um, how does it go? There's a quote about gratitude bringing you into reality, right? So, and that's the thing, like when I saw that flower and I was reminded about the, the, the quote, the quote is when you're in touch with gratitude, you're in touch with reality. Exactly. Yeah. That's how yeah. I feel when I have reminders about what's true, you know? 
So there might be that war happening at that moment. Yeah, that might be true, but also this is happening right. at the same time. So, so it's an important thing. Two things you're saying is real, are really important. One is you're saying the reminder, because one of the words used in uh, uh, how to get enlightened is to remember. It's a phrase that's used to remember this moment, what's true, what's here, your breath. It's all, there's remembering is what supports mindfulness. And remember means if we remember to become whole, right? Like if we lost a member, an arm, and we put it back on and we're remembered, it's not just thinking about. And so the reminder is a remembering about reality, which you are reality, of course. And let's see, what was the other thing you were saying? I can't, I can't remember. Well, you asked the question about why are you here? You know, oh, so yeah. that's that. And I, th and I thought, and I, and I answered it in the moment in my mind. And I thought, yeah. I'm here tonight because I come here for the reminders. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's part of what Sangha does and supports is all of us reminding and remembering together what's true and what's important. And we need that kind of support of, of light, what's called like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Good. Thank you. Amy. Hi. Hi, Amy. I, I guess I... I'm still shocked by how I can forget so completely. Um, That's, well, well, slow down. You actually don't forget completely because otherwise you wouldn't be here. Yes, it was a struggle. I mean, I waited to the last minute. Um, my uh, radiation treatments for my lung cancer were supposed mm. to start last week. Mm -hmm. And I, body, heart, and mind was, want, had an affection for my life. Sure. So it got put off by a week. And I absolutely hid and refused. Literally, I put myself to bed watching Netflix. Okay, so what's so whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. So, was it good Netflix or bad Netflix? Bad, I could just sleep through it. I wasn't okay. even interested, I didn't even yeah. like it. <laughs> uh huh. So, it but it was taking care of you in some way by doing that, yeah, like a drug. Yeah, that's okay. It's, you know, it's not, it's not the way you could be taking worse drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for the judging mind. So judging. I mean, it just felt like such a failure. You know, I've. You're not, no, stop. That's all judgment. I'm not buying the judgment. It's too harsh. Come on, you're scared. And so it's hard to be scared about one's life and to have, you know, the kind of illness that you're having, right? If you, cancer, it's, yep. it's scary. 
You get to be scared. So was I keeping it at bay because I was practicing so seriously before? I mean, especially in the temple, it's so much easier than being right. at yeah, it's easier because the whole thing is for one thing, but you're still practicing and you're having your ups and downs, which if I've got you on speaker view, but if if I'm going to go to gallery view, does anybody else have ups and downs in practice every day, right? Like you got to take a look, Amy, because it's just normal. And so instead of judging yourself, I'm going to go back to speaker Instead of judging yourself for going up and down, be kind to yourself in this, just this moment. You don't have to be kind later. You can watch Netflix and be really horrible to yourself. Yeah. But for the moment, be, be kind just in a moment and see what happens. Yeah. I guess I have some sort of idea that there's like, a balance. And if you spend time doing, you know, that it takes away from the time of, you know, when you're with your breath. And and, may, yeah, but your breath isn't everything. It's yeah. just a breath. You've had a, you know, 20 zillion thousand of them yeah. so far. And, you know, and someday you won't have a breath. It's true. It's true. And it's true for all of us. Yeah. So it, but in the moment you are breathing right now. Yeah. And so stay, keep your parameters of time and place small. Okay. It's just now. There's so much kindness and safety and care and love here. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have signed on tonight if there wasn't a big part of my heart that wanted to open to the help that is always here. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you signed on. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Good luck with the treatment when it starts. Tuesday. Okay. Thank you. Happy. Do we get to see you happy or not? There we are. Hi, happy. Yes. Hi, <laughs> Eugene. Yeah, Hi. thanks for a great talk tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think what I have is kind of similar to what Amy just talked about too. Um, I noticed during um, the meditation today um, that my judging mind is very strong. Like I think mm -hmm. I... I noticed there's a pattern where I would say I am not, not happy about our whoa, whoa, whoa. present you're breaking moment. up. Whoa, whoa, slow down. You're breaking up. Talk a little and slower. Okay, you're breaking up. Yeah, I can hear you, but I want you to talk a little slower and, and say, so oh. I okay, something on. about your judging mind. And then... yes. So, oh, I'm going to move to a mo different location. Maybe my internet connection isn't very great. Is it better yeah. now? It seems good enough right now, but, it, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah, so I noticed a lot of times my judging mind is around, like, say, if in the present moment, there's something I don't like. Like, say, uh -huh. oh, I feel thirsty right now. 
Then mm-hmm. the judging man would be like, oh, you made a mistake. You should have drank more water earlier. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it applies to so many situations. Like, But it just I noticed that's a pattern that my mind likes to go into to judge myself that, oh, the reason I have a bad moment right now is because I made a poor decision well, in the past. So, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> if you're thirsty, you're not yeah. having a bad moment. Okay. You're thirsty. Mm-hmm. And you may not, you may, it might not be pleasant. Yeah. It might be, it might not be neutral. Mm. It might be unpleasant. And you want to be aware of the Vedna of that moment of thirst. Mm. And then it just becomes practice. Mm. And you don't have to fix it. And you don't yeah. have to judge yourself for it. Because it's all practice, even when you don't like it. You don't like being thirsty. I don't like being thirsty. <laughs> At least right now I'm drinking some water because I'm thirsty. <laughs> but I don't do that when I'm sitting. God, so it's kind of just like being with it. Being what's true in the moment. Being with what's true in this moment and then this moment, which will include thirst and wanting and then not liking, not having the water and then the judging mind and being aware of that and telling it to get the hell out of here and then and then see what comes in the next moment. It's just a moment of experience. Yeah, I mean, in some moments, I just feel so frustrated that I'm just kind of feeling kind of mad at myself. Like there's this like well, extreme self-judgment there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, quit being, you get to be frustrated, but don't be mad at yourself. Mm. Happy's doing the best she can. <laughs> I tell she told me she was really. Mm. She, you know, secretly, she told me she was <laughs> doing the best she could, which, which of course you are. And watch out for believing the judging mind because that's not helpful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So go, go for one week. I'm going to be here next week. So go for one week and don't judge yourself. (laughs) That'll be so hard, but I'll I'll at least be aware of it and just be in observance. Like, yeah. oh, I'm judging again. <laughs> yeah, be, be aware of it and don't believe it and see what happens. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Let's see. Uh, Allison, I, I just wasn't sure. I thought Andrew was here first, but now you're first, Allison. Who was first? Does anybody know? You don't know. Okay, Allison, go. You go first. Andrew will go second. Okay. Hi, thanks. Um, for me, sometimes love talk feels like a little louder. Talk a little louder, Allison. Struck by the Allison, fact that sometimes Allison, just tolerance Allison, can seem talk a lot like curiosity. Allison, can you hear me? 
Sorry. Okay. Better? Better. Okay. And I can see you now. Go ahead. Sorry. It seems like it's breaking up a little bit. Um, okay. I was going to um, say just now. that some that sometimes for me, if love or generosity feels too tall of an order, that can look a lot like tolerance, just starting with tolerance, tolerating discomfort, tolerating abuse or perceived abuse for another moment to see if it's what it really is, even to give space to the heart. It, so it, so what I hear is you're, there's a way that you bring in some equanimity to be able to discern what's true in the moment. Mm. And that, that's very skillful. What you're calling tolerance, I might call a, a little bit of equanimity or wait, let me see what's true. And then go from there because sometimes we don't know in the moment what is true. Tolerating the unknown can yeah, be very totally, uncomfortable. Totally, and very important in practice. Thanks. Sure, thank you. Okay, now, Andrew. Hi, everybody. I think my internet is, is good, my connection. Um, I feel an affinity with other people suffering in the room stories about their suffering. I miss one word. You feel what I, I with feel, other I people? Feel, I feel an affinity mm -hmm. with other okay. people's suffering. But I, Got it. I'm also juxtaposing that with the theme of the night's theme of love. Because when I'm suffering, I have a hard time feeling love because I'm angry. I'm on my guard. Um, and I've been suffering a little bit more physically than I, I'm used to and uh, with aches and pains. And I've been suffering just today because I'm in the East Bay where I moved and I'm not, in, I'm not, I'm yeah. not liking it. And I'm hearing about yeah. your stories of San Francisco and it makes, this is sort of a side, side yeah. note. Yeah. And it, it makes me very nostalgic. I mean, you've talked about your traffic jams and the and the party and the music in the park and yeah, you know, yeah. your bike rides in the Presidio. And I get very homesick. I feel like I'm a million miles away from San Francisco mm -hmm. and I can see mm -hmm. the skyline. But my point is that I have a, a hard time reconciling hard time feeling love when I'm suffering because I'm- Well, okay, but I'm, slow I'm down. Let me, let me say something. Let me say, because okay. I get your, yeah, make sense what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Here's, I'm going to say it a different way. Um, is it good to be aware you're suffering or not? Um, is that important like to it's, you? It's, it's, it seems like it's important to be aware when I have a let up from the suffering, there's a- Whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. So <laughs> is it important? Uh, do you care about knowing if you're suffering or not? It's, it's hard to answer that because I get, I get, I get, I get lost 
in my suffering. I get, I go down, a, I'm on a suffering mind frame and I can't, uh, uh-huh. I can't get out of it. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that answers your question, but. Well, uh, no, but you're, you're, you're telling me your experience, which is good because you're, what I hear is you're saying when, when you're, when you're in the suffering, you're not aware of it. No, I'm aware of it. I, I hate it. I, I'm very aware of it. Okay. But I don't feel like I can stop it. It's like a runaway freight train, which is right. like a lot of my emotions. Yeah, well, you don't have to stop it for what we're talking about. We're talking about caring about, appreciating, loving the moment of awareness. Because if you weren't aware, you wouldn't even know you were suffering. So you'd be, you know, but you wouldn't know the difference between suffering and not suffering. It would just all be, everything would be the same. I do know the difference because right now, since we've been, we've been sitting, I haven't been suffering. I'm holed up in a back bedroom with a room air conditioner. And the other side of that door is the rest of my house where it's over 90 degrees. But I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. So I'm kind yeah. of in, I, there's a separation. There's suffering outside that door. In this room, there's no, not the suffering. And I'm really enjoying it. Right. So all I'm pointing is, is the awareness that happens in any moment, whether you're suffering or not, there's some appreciation, which is a form of love for the awareness itself. Because if you didn't, if you weren't aware of suffering, you wouldn't have gotten an air conditioner in that room, right? And so you're appreciating even the suffering teaches you about what to do and teaches all of us about how to respond to try to be as happy as possible. Because that's one of the goals of practice that the Dalai Lama says over and over again, we all just want to be happy. And, and you have the right to have that want in any moment and be aware of it and be aware that you're feeling happy right now. And we're not going to throw you out of this room just because you're feeling happy. You have to stay in that room for a while and enjoy the happiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, Andrew. So I'm going to go back to gallery view. I think that's we're out of time tonight. I'll be here again next week. If there's anything you would like me to talk about, send me an email, send an email to SFI. I'm always interested in your ideas for talks. Really, it's really true. I love to get different people's ideas. Don't send me 50 ideas. Send me one or two that really are important to you. Okay, and we'll end with a little sharing of merit. Um, Really offering our good wishes and the merit, the appreciation for having this time and place to be aware, to be present with Sangha in this moment, this moment right now that we have this good fortune to be mindful, aware, awake for just a moment. And may this good fortune go out in every direction to people in this room, in this world, in every world.
May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings awaken and realize their true nature, their Buddha nature, the nature of wisdom and compassion. homework this week. Just practice one moment at a time. See what happens. One moment at a time. One breath at a time. Okay. I'll see you uh, in a week. Thank you, Eugene. Good to hear you. Hey, Ivan, you were here. Ivan, I didn't know you were here. Thanks, Eugene. Sure, you're welcome. Thank you all. There's a question about emailing you in the contact. Just go to SFI and you'll find wherever it is to email me. I, I don't look at chats when I'm teaching, just so you all know. You can chat me up a storm, but <laughs> you won't hear much from me. <laughs> okay. Okay, everybody. We're going to, I'm off now. See you later. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.